0: Columbus Blue Jackets are proud to select Jack Wierenski, Kent Johnson, Cole Sillinger, David Giericek. Welcome to another edition of the Pipeline Podcast presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Dylan Tyre here with you after on Monday we learned that the Blue Jackets have secured the number three overall pick in the NHL entry draft. So we've got plenty to talk about. Still some great options for the Blue Jackets at number three overall. You think about names like Will Smith, Leo Carlson, Matt Vamichkov. And on this week's show, we're going to be joined by a guy who knows a lot about those players. That's the NHL Director of Central Scouting, Dan Marr. And let's get to that interview right now. I want to start off by asking you how NHL Central Scouting gets together and makes decisions on these players. You know, the NHL Central Scouting rankings are kind of the consensus that the NHL uses going into the draft. So how many people are getting together and what's the process like in determining where these players are ranked?
1: Well, we, we have a full-time staff of nine, so that makes it easier when it comes to voting. We never have a tie. And we we follow the same process as the NHL clubs we spend the first part of the season where we go we identify who the prospects are um you know it's never uh, you don't want to go start eliminating players too early from consideration because you have to allow for the improvement and development that takes place over the course of the year but we we get together in in uh, early January uh, right near the end of the uh the world juniors and just prior to the prospects games that take place with USA hockey and the Canadian hockey league. And so we we put our ranking list out then of seven rounds and that's our guide for the second half. And I I don't know if you're aware or your followers are aware, we have a players to watch list that we start at at the beginning of the season where an A prospect is a, First rounder, a B prospect, second, third, C, more of a fourth, fifth. And we continually update that list and we share it with the NHL clubs, like it's every two to three weeks. And at, at the end of the day, we do it just so that there's no surprises. Uh, all of a sudden they don't want to see a name show up in our first round that they've they've never seen before. It was in the it was a C watch player. So we we just keep the teams informed that this is what we're seeing when we identify prospects. So in the in the second half, the NHL clubs they get to zero in a, a little more because they're getting a better sense of where they might be picking in the draft. For example, no, nobody was going to spend a lot of money to travel around and watch Connor Bedard play this year. Like the you you know what you're getting with with a player like Connor. So you would just see them when you were there to watch other players. But our, our group, uh, we just want to get our list in the recommended range of order for the clubs. So we get together again right, uh, right after the junior season's end. Uh, and it's, it's at a time where the college season's over. Uh, and our body of work is basically – uh, determined by the players played during the season, and we do that for a couple of reasons. One, it's a, it's a level playing field because not all te- not all players participate in playoffs, and the other reason is that the 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 clubs in the league uh, they would much have have our rankings out prior to the draft lottery, but also just prior to the U eighteen World Championships, prior to the Memorial Cup. Uh, prior to all the playoffs taking place, because the N- NHL Central scouting doesn't have to tell the teams how a player performed in playoffs. they'll they'll see it. they're They're scouting the players. So they just have that sense of where we feel the players should be considered for the draft. So our ranking comes out in early April. And again, we get together, um normally at the league office in Toronto, uh, and all our staff there, and it takes four or five days. meetings where we we put the the various leagues like we will have an ontario league list a quebec list west a u.s list and and then we put that in an order and then we look at the big picture and we start voting and comparing the players from each league and gradually the the list comes together i can tell you that The first couple days when we're voting and the players are going on the board there, it causes a lot of uh, angst and grief because you're going, oh, my goodness, how can this player be here and what's going on here? But I got to tell you, at the end of the day, at the end of the meetings there, the the list ends up looking pretty good. And, And that was my experience even working with NHL clubs. The individual scouts all have their own lists. They have their own preferences and what they like to see in a player. But at, at the end of their meetings, that team list, that group list, is the best list of all. And so uh, as we work our way through our list, uh, like in, in January, I was kind of mortified looking at the list of the names there. The, but then by the end of it, 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 I was more comfortable with it. And at the end of the year here, I really like the players on the list. I really like this draft class. You know, we've we've put the players in an order. We think that the the team should consider them when it comes to their pick.
0: Let's talk about the top five in particular here, because there is such talent at the top of the 2023 NHL draft class. It's deep at the top. There's lots of skill at the top. How do you think that this year's draft compares to the drafts over the course of the last couple of seasons? Because there is so much star power at the top, led by the guy that you just talked about in Connor Bedard.
1: I I I do feel that this draft class is top heavy in the top fifteen. Like there, there's a lot of good players available. More there's more depth in the first round this year than than there may have been in the past couple of years. But you have to remember every every draft class there's good players. There's very good. There's good prospects. And you know the the first round there there's always going to be good players. Just like some might play ahead of others, you know, uh, like Dawson Mercer from New Jersey there. He he played – he's playing ahead of a lot of other players that were taken in front of him. But that's not to diminish the players that were taken in front of him because everyone – it takes two, three, four years after a draft year for a player to realize his true potential. And just like in all jobs in life, sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time You get the opportunity and you know uh, mercer's a player that's recognized the opportunity took advantage of it there's a lot of other players in that same category and there's going to be a few players out of this year's draft class that are going to be in that category
0: all right the presumption for the longest time is that Connor bedard will go number one overall adam fantilli will go number two overall And I'm sure some Blue Jackets fans are hoping that maybe Pat Verbeek falls in love with somebody else and Adam Fantilli potentially falls to the Blue Jackets at three. But my question for you, in your eyes, what's the separation between Adam Fantilli at number two and then some of the guys behind him, the Leo Carlson's, the Matt Vamichkov's and the Will Smith's?
1: Well, personally, and I think the consensus of our group is that it's one and two then the rest. Um there there's no one else that had a like I, I call it a, a college season of the ages mm-hmm. for Adam Fantilli. And it was truly exceptional what he was able to accomplish this year. And like he's had the skills and attributes and he like he he's got the offensive hockey sense and smarts, but like He's got that physical component to his game to go along with his skills and smarts, which makes him very appealing. He plays to win. he play, So he plays that way where he utilizes his, his physical assets as well. And, like, I've, I've watched Adam for three years now. And just the motivation, like the self-discipline, the self-motivation that he displayed this year as a freshman, it, it, was, it was really – uh, fun to watch and it was truly exceptional so like there there is there is a definite line and then 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 comes the rest of the cast but they're all frontliners in their in their own right you can look at the next two or three players on, on both the north american and international list
0: and they all belong in that conversation All right, let's talk about a couple of those players. We'll start off with the North American list because you've got Connor Bedard at number one, Adam Fantilli at number two, and then Will Smith at number three, who just had historic numbers with the U.S. National Team Development Program. What makes this player appealing?
1: Well, Will Smith, he's just an all-around, highly skilled talent. And every time you go and watch uh you know at the beginning you sit there is this guy the real deal but every game you go to he proves it he shows it uh he 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 can make magic out there on the on the ice and uh, it, it looks like an innocent enough play and then all of a sudden he makes a move or he makes a pass or he pulls away and then, then there's a scoring opportunity so uh, he's an offensive machine uh but he's also a responsible player Uh, and like off the ice, he's a good athlete Uh, without the puck. He's responsible to, to do his job uh, on the back check, do his job with his coverages, but he just reads the play so quickly, so offensively. And like, you know, he, he reminds me a little bit. He's got that swagger like uh, Trevor Zegers has. And, And that's going to bode well for him when he gets into a position where he's going to compete for a job in an NHL lineup. You need to have that that
0: confidence that goes along with it. And, And Will Smith has that. Well, that sounds very exciting. I'm sure Blue Jackets fans love to hear that about a player that they could select at number three overall. I want to ask you about Leo Carlson. He's number one overall on the international side of things. He's a big left-shot centerman. He's got that size. He's got that skill. But what makes Leo Carlson a special player and deserving of that number one international ranking?
1: He's in. He's another one of these complete packages. And, you know, we've been watching him play for the last two years, more so this year, at the elite level in, in Sweden. So he, he's already playing and contributing at the pro level. And whenever he competes for Sweden – on the U18 team, he's going to be uh, in contention to play for Sweden now on the men's team in the World Championships coming up here. Uh, he, he's always able to perform, and it and it's just he has a presence when he's on the ice where he's got that composure and smarts, and he's got the skill set to make plays. Uh, he's got the skill set to drive plays, and there, there's no holes to his game right now. And so like, he's going to be maybe a little more NHL ready just because the experience levels that he, that he has. And, you know, there's a long history of players from Sweden uh, that, that once they come over and get to the NHL, they stay in the NHL. And so whether he comes over right away or he plays another year, once he, once he comes over, to play in North America he'll be in the National Hockey League and he he's one of these like he's a consummate teammate plays an unselfish style he's a team first player and and you can just see that so he's got all the offensive tools and he he has the the complete package with his with his size smarts
0: and speed to play in the National Hockey League you brought up Trevor Zegers' name when talking about Will Smith. Is there a player in the modern NHL or maybe the past NHL that Leo Carlson reminds you of?
1: Uh, I'm not good at that, and I hate <laughs> doing doing comparisons. So you got me on the spot here. I don't know if I have a name that I can that I can pull out for you right now.
0: <laughs> no, that that's fair enough. I always ask just because you know people like to hear those sorts of things and. You know, when I've been doing my research leading up to the draft lottery and things like that, when people talk about Leo Carlson, a name like Nicholas Backstrom seems to come up. So just wanted to see if you had anybody in mind. But uh, let's talk.
1: It's that, you know, you don't find a more solid hockey player than what Backstrom was. (laughs) And like I said, he he will be one of those solid players in the National Hockey League for a long time. I was just going to look up his questionnaire to see who he – he compared himself, too, if you want
0: me to. Yeah, that's that's some good insight right there. Certainly, if you've got the access to that and can pull it up, we'd love to hear it.
1: Yeah. Let me just punch him in here. So Leo's comparable for himself at
0: the NHL level is Barkov. Well, that certainly sounds good, too. I'm I'd be very, very happy with an Alexander Barkov. And
1: on. I, I would uh, like Barkov for me. Uh, he performs and delivers under pressure like when it's needed. And I, and I can see that comparison with with Carlson as well.
0: All right. Let's talk about Matt Vamichkov, because for the longest time, the conversation was Connor Bedard versus Matt Vamichkov. We haven't been able to see Michkov as much on the international stage for obvious reasons the last couple of years, but he is a very, very talented player in his own right. So why should Matt Vamichkov be in the conversation for the Blue Jackets based off of his total package?
1: Well, if you take the, uh, you know, the environmental situation away that, that he's in, um, you go back to the World Juniors in Dallas from three years ago or two years ago. He's a generational talent, and he belongs in that same conversation. It's just he hasn't been on a stage where we can see him perform to that degree. So there's where there's uh, you always expect players to continue their development, and you know Connor Bedard continued to develop, Adam Fantilli, all these Will Smith, they've all continued to develop. So you know you're you're projecting that the same for for him. Um, it's a tough situation for him, but you know I have no no doubt that he's not going to be taken in the first round the National Hockey League. The clubs will do their homework. They're aware of his contract situation in Russia. And w- when you have a chance to get a generational talent, whether he comes over right away or it's two years down the road, it, it's you're, you're drafting to improve your franchise. And th- this is a player that's going to add value and improve your franchise down the road. So uh, he definitely a, a first round pick. It's it, it basically comes down to the team's Comfort level where they
0: want to make that selection. We've talked about the top five players or so, but is there anybody else who you could see jumping into this conversation? It's obviously late in the process right now. There's not too much time ahead of the NHL entry draft. But for example, last year we saw Yuri Slavkovsky kind of rocket up the boards for obvious reasons, what he was able to do at the Olympics and that sort of thing. Are there any players in this year's draft that you think could enter that conversation late here? Maybe the name that Comes to mind is Will Smith, the way that his trajectory is going right now. But if there's anybody else, please let us know.
1: Well, the the one player that had a good U18, and I think he caught everyone's eye and his attention, was Dalbor Dvorsky from Slovakia. And like, you know, Slova- the Slovakian Federation, their program has made a, a really distinct turn the last couple of years where there's some really every year now there's five or six solid players that that are on the NHL draft board. And just Dvorsky, he scored a lot of timely goals. Uh, Slovakia had a good showing. Uh, they were in every game and, and he was one of the leaders on that team. So I do know that he elevated his status at the recent U18 World Championships.
0: All right, now talk to me. If you're the Blue Jackets at three overall and you had the opportunity to pick a player of this caliber, who is the guy that stands out to you? Like, who is your favorite out of the players that we've talked about?
1: Well, you're not going to put me in that situation. <laughs> My favorite player is going to be the one that Yarmo likes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. We can see the rankings and see how, uh, how you guys have sussed everybody out. But, you know, in talking about these players, how much do you like this kind of second tier of player? Cause you've talked about Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli kind of being a step above, but in comparison to what we've seen these past few years, these, these guys that we've talked about, it feels like would have had the opportunity to potentially be a number one overall pick in the last couple of seasons. Would you agree with that?
1: Uh, yes. A, a couple of them would be in that conversation. Um, but what I when I start looking, like I said, in, at the depth, like that next class of of players that are coming up, there's a lot of uh, potential NHL all stars in this draft class. And you know, like I mentioned, Dosser Mercer kind of rose up quickly to to get to the NHL over some other players. There, there's a lot of kids on our list in this draft class that that I could see. Uh, you know, moving up on the, on the board or moving up in the draft class. Like I have no idea how the top 10 is going to fill out because there's 15 names that you can put in there that are all a a talent that the NHL clubs could, could like, like one of my, the one guy I see having that kind of Mercer type trajectory would be a guy like Cal Ritchie uh, who plays with Oshawa. Uh, Oshawa. Oshawa wasn't a strong team this year. But without him in the lineup, it, it hurt. And he played well for Canada at the U18, and and like we we had him i I think thirteenth uh, on our list. We'd moved him up from seventeenth, but his trajectory was still still climbing. And there's a lot of other other players in this first round. This is this is the year where you want to have additional picks in the first round.
0: Well, that's good to hear because the Blue Jackets do have an additional pick in the first round.
1: And, you know, wherever that pick is, I guarantee you there'll be a player that they have four or five spots higher available to them. Like that's just the way the draft unfolds. So
0: you're always happy at the end of the first round. Well, that's certainly true. The last thing I have for you, Dan, and I really appreciate the time. How much do you enjoy this process because you've been working all year to kind of grind these lists down and now it's all coming to fruition with the lottery happening early this week and then the draft coming up on June 28th. How much do you enjoy all of this?
1: Well, the the draft is kind of like our our Stanley Cup on the on the scouting side. But one one of the one of the enjoyable parts of this side of the business is that every year we're looking at another two or three hundred names of players to put on our list. So uh, there's always new new faces and, and new names. And what we look forward to is we administer the combine, mm-hmm. so we get to bring in the top 100 players and we have them there for a week. So you just get to know the personalities, you get to know them a little little better, and it just uh, it's just good to to be able to get to know the off-ice character with the on-ice character, uh, get a sense of who the players are like. Uh, A lot of teams will come up and ask me after the combine, like, you know, who stood out uh, in a good way or in a not-so-good way. Like, just uh, when you get – it's always good when the on-ice player is the same as the off-ice player. Mm -hmm. You just get that more comfortable feeling. And the NHL clubs get that because they get to – do interviews uh we don't we don't do the interviews we just leave that to the clubs our rankings are based just strictly on their on-ice performance but it's a fun part of the week for us to be able to to meet them all and deal with them at the combine
0: all right well i'm looking forward to the combine i'm supposed to be there in a couple of weeks so if our cross our paths cross i'll make sure to say hello Dan, thanks very much for doing this. Very educational. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Dylan. All right. That is Dan Marr, the director of NHL Central Scouting. As that does it for this week's edition of the Pipeline podcast presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Thanks very much for being with us. More draft coverage coming next week.